0: Praise the Lord. This is Bill McMurdo here, and I want to bring you a short message on fathering your nation. Fathering nations I've just written a book, which is available in ebook form. It's free to download. I'll give you the details on that uh, later on. On fathering nations, uh, my latest book, and it's it's really uh, exciting. This message. It's been growing and percolating in me for quite some time and pretty much covers a lot of the stuff that I get into when I teach and preach on matters concerning the nation and concerning governance and leadership. And I just want to bring this phrase to you that you'll find in Isaiah chapter 22 about Eliakim. Eliakim was the man who replaced a guy called Shebna or Shebna who was uh, in the King James he was called a, a Treasurer, um, and he was the man who was over the palace, the house of King the the King uh, on David's throne at the time. He was the man uh, who was over the king's palace, the Chamberlain. We'd probably call him today something like a, a Prime Minister, the right hand man of the king. And this uh, Shebna was a self-seeking guy, uh, promoting his own interests. He built himself a big tomb that was reserved for aristocrats and nobles. He was a guy obsessed with his own uh, prestige. And prestige is very much a worldly thing. It's it's something that people want to promote themselves. To, they want to be seen as a big shot in the eyes of others. And so such a guy is no use in a very prime and important uh, privileged position in government. And so God Uh, sent Isaiah to prophesy and this guy Shebna got removed and replaced by Eliakim. And there's a phrase that says, he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of David. Sorry, the house of Judah. Now, here's the thing that we need to understand. That To be a leader, and particularly when it comes to government, you have to have a fathering heart. And he was to be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, in other words, the people, and to the house of Judah, to the nation, to to the community, to to, to the country, to Judah, which was um, the nation. God is looking for... People with a fathering heart, or a mothering heart, he's looking for fathers and mothers in the nation. You need to be that person, and it's not a job for novices. Now we're not talking here about church office. We're not talking here about fivefold office. Now, fivefold officers, if you want to call them that, holders of a fivefold office—apostle, uh, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher—they can step into this role but you don't even need to be in the fivefold to step into this role to be a father to your nation. You can have a dual role of leadership in the church. Somebody, for example, like it's believed Merlin was, Merlin was of course the empress, the counsellor, the, the national prophet, the advisor to King Arthur, but some scholars believe that he was also uh, at the same time Saint Dubricius, who was the highest ranking the primate of Britain he was known as. So you can have a dual role. You can have a, a, a church role. But when we're talking about fathers to the nation, you could be somebody that's quite unknown. You could be somebody that's, in a sense, obscure. Because your business may really be done in the prayer closet or among a small group, but but that you're known in the spirit, in, 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 in the spirit realm. You're known as somebody who has great authority. Because you function as a father to your nation. And God, I believe, is raising up fathers and mothers at this time. Remember Deborah says, I arose a mother in Israel. Now she had high office. She was a judge or the judge at that time uh, in Israel. You can have high office. You can have a prominent position. But very often, as I said, you don't have to have that. You just be somebody that hardly anybody knows. But heaven knows you. You're known at the throne you're known among the demons and among the principalities and powers in the kingdom of darkness because you're somebody who functions as a father or mother to your nation and we're needing people like that particularly here in britain today i'm speaking to you from glasgow and scotland and scotland needs that i can tell you right now we, we we're all living in a time right now where great darkness is upon the earth and among the nations because our leaders are engaged in conspiracy against Yahweh and against his anointed. Go read Psalm 2. You'll see it all there. They're, they're confederate against the Lord. They're in a conspiracy against them. And then Psalm 149 says that the saints of God have the high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand, which of course is the Bible, to execute vengeance upon the nations and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. Then it says, This honour of all his saints, praise ye the Lord. It's not for super duper Christians. It's not for people with uh, big followings and loads of partnerships. It's not for people with a YouTube channel. It's not for people who pastor a 5,000 strong church. It's for all the saints. This business of putting national rulers and leaders into their God-appointed place, which is under the authority of God's Word, and under the authority of the Ecclesia of God. That's the honour that every saint has. So uh, it doesn't matter what, you, what, what level or rank or whatever all that stuff is, that, that you're walking and functioning in church-wise or ministry-wise, we get too obsessed with positions and leaderships and titles and offices and ministries and all that. We get too obsessed with that because your primary function is as a matured saint is to be a father or mother, and that's to the nation. That's not just to other saints. You see, you can be a father in the church. You can be a father figure, or an apostolic father, but you're not necessarily a father to your nation. And, and you know, when I when I when I say that, people don't like that because they think, well, you know, um, I'm I'm somebody in church. I'm an apostolic father, but that that means not doesn't amount to hella beans when we're talking about the nation. And we are talking about the nation. And we're talking about the nations. Because our, we're called to the nations and we're called to leaders and rulers. You know, the thing about Paul is people say, well, Paul was called to the Gentiles or Paul was called, first of all, to his own people. If you go and read it, it says that Paul was called to his own people, Israel. But he was also called to the Gentiles. But there's a third group he was called to and that was kings. And if Paul is a prototype Christian and prototype preacher stroke minister, then you and I are called to those same three groups, to Israel, to the nations, and to kings. And we could even just say look, like this. You're called to the country, the nation you come from. You're called to other nations. But here's the key thing that we, we, we forget. We're called to kings and rulers. We're called to people in high office and people in authority. And we're called to be fathers. Remember that um, Joseph said, Concerning Pharaoh, that that he was a father to Pharaoh. Pharaoh had made Joseph his right hand man, uh, his second in command, the highest rank in the nation under Pharaoh. But Joseph said to his brothers uh, that he was a father to Pharaoh. You and I are called to be fathers to our nations and their rulers, uh, and and that means that we are called to be mature saints who process and receive. Of the supernatural wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God, and how to function and govern nations and govern uh, territories and govern cities and towns. You know, Jesus spoke about the reward for faithfulness being that you'd be given cities. Now we presume that that means in the, you know, in in the eternity realm of you know when Jesus returns and we're we're all glorified, but. Who's to say that we can't walk in the power of the age to come with that right now? We can be given cities, we can be given nations to govern in the sense of being entrusted by them with a a Joseph function, with a Daniel function, by actual leaders and rulers, actual pharaohs. Why? Because we're a father to them and we function at a level of wisdom. Remember Merlin was was wise. You know, if you think about if you've watched Lord of the Rings, think about Gandalf. Gandalf was a powerful person who was so wise, so powerful, he could have have ruled any of the nations that he served. Any of the kings that he served, he could have ruled all those nations because he was a mighty man in his own and probably mightier than the kings he served. That's emir's ministry, folks. That's functioning in the Melchizedek order. That's functioning as a right-hand son uh, at the right hand of the father. That's Benjamin Company Ministry. Son of the Right Hand Ministry. That's function of where God wants us to be at this time and in this season. And, and really from now on. Because we're living in, in, in the time when the manifest sons must come forth. Where the perfect man must come into the earth. Where the man-child company, corporate overcoming company, must be seen in the earth. And we're at that time now. And God is calling us forth and raising us up. The word Eliakim actually means God will raise, or God rises. God will raise up, in other words, Eliakim's manifest sons, perfect men, in the sense. And it doesn't mean perfect as in you're morally perfect, you're, you never mess up, you never sin, sinless perfection. We're not talking about that. The word perfect means it's the the, the Greek telios, which means mature, full grown, perfectly grown perfectly matured and you know perfect perfectly mature doesn't mean that you're an eternal son in the sense of you're always just functioning as a child or functioning even just as a son because to your fathers don't raise perfect sons they raise fathers if you understand what I'm trying to say yes we're always going to be a son or a daughter of God and yes you we're always has to have that aspect of we're childlike you know, in that we're trusting it as a child. But we're actually matured sons. And matured sons become fathers themselves. And good fathers, authentic fathers, true fathers, they raise fathers. They don't raise children. They raise or sons or daughters. They raise fathers and mothers. So, you know, isn't it funny how even in an actual, the older you get, the more uh, brainy or clever or wise your father and mother, you get you know, when you leave, when you first sort of leave school and uh, or you're a teenager, you think your father and mother know nothing, but then the older you get and when you have children and grandchildren of your own, you suddenly realise how wise they were, uh, because we're supposed to be in that cycle of fathers raising fathers, not remaining immature. See, it's all the biggest problems in life, and certainly in church, and certainly in a whole range of areas is the biggest problem is immaturity. So we all need to grow up, we all need to put our big boy or big girl pants on, to use that expression. We all need to learn how to be healed of our father wounds and all these things that hold us back that really speak of immaturity. Uh, And we all need to, to be fathers and mothers to our nation. He shall be a father, it was said of Eliakim. Remember, of course, that are a great example and the one that we're to remember and the one that we're to follow and the one in fact where the Bible says we are his seed is Abraham. Abraham is the father of faith to those who believe and Abraham was the father of many nations and Sarah was the mother of nations. So there's this whole aspect of being a father that is so important, so vital to us in our walk with God because we are fathers and mothers for the sake of others, for the sake of the nation that we live in, for the sake of the peoples that we encounter and and that we are among. You know, you can be a father to millions just by taking the place in the throne room of God that God has appointed you and anointed you to take and to stand and sit with Him in heavenly places, to be that person, to be that father, that mother to your nation the king-priest ministry of the Melchizedek order uh, and following Jesus who is our king-priest of the order of Melchizedek and sit or stand or whatever to be in the throne room of God decreeing and declaring God's purpose for your nation and his blessing and supply upon the peoples of that nation. Oh, what a glorious truth. We're called to it. We must function in it. We must walk in it. And let me... Challenge you today to do that. Go and dig out scriptures that speak of this. Get my book, Fathering Nations. You'll get it uh, just by clicking on BillMcMurdo.com. Uh, you'll see it there on the front page. You'll be able just to click on it, download the ebook, a PDF form, read it, see what it has to say, dig up all the scriptures, and begin to function in that role of a person who fathers nations, who, who is a mother like Deborah uh, and Sarah these great women of old, remember um, it was said of Rebecca that she was the mother of billions, but also it was said in on one occasion that she had two nations in her womb. You see, we think of people, individuals, God thinks in terms of nations. A little one shall become a strong nation. Why? Because God is a multiplying God. And God will multiply your capacity so that you can be a father to millions and billions or a mother to millions and billions in the earth. The Lord bless you. Remember, it's BillMcMurdo.com to download Fathering Nations. The Lord bless you, folks.